When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really, the health of the gut microbiome is what I like to focus on with my patients when we start talking about diet, because the gut microbiome, in order to be healthy, it needs to be diverse. And in order to have a diverse gut microbiome, you need to feed it plants. You need to feed it a diversity of plant fibers. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 175. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey there, veggie lovers. I hope you are having a very plantastic week. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. I have another plantastic guest for you today. You're gonna love her. Her name is Dr. Sunana Sohi. She is so cool. She is a board certified gastroenterologist, but she is also an aerial circus artist. Have you heard of that before? It's those people that do all those things up in the air with silks and ropes and things like that. So we're going to hear more about how she got into that, but also her journey into plant-based nutrition. Remember that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a health professional. Dr. Sunana Sohi is a board-certified gastroenterologist. After receiving her undergraduate degree with honors at Harvard University, she completed medical school at Tufts University before moving to Chicago for residency at the University of Chicago and GI fellowship at Rush University. She now practices and raises her family in her hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. Her clinical practice and medical speaking engagements focus on plant-based nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits and their Power to treat and potentially prevent chronic GI illness. She is very passionate about wellness and uses her spare time to promote healthy lifestyle habits on social media. You can find her on Instagram and Clubhouse at sunanasohi.md. That's S-U-N-A-N-A-S-O-H-I dot M-D. 
In addition, Dr. Sohi is a wife and mother, and in her free time, she performs as an aerial circus artist. She believes in the power of play and the importance of constant learning, challenge, and growth, which led her to aerials and various other activities to keep her life joyful and keep her present. I really loved getting to know Dr. Sohi. I first found her on Clubhouse, and I just knew that she would be a fantastic guest for this show. And in this episode, we talk about her journey into plant-based nutrition, of course, some interesting GI things. Hopefully it's not completely new to you, but if so, I hope that you will really take it to heart because everything that she is saying about gut health is so important. But then we learn about what an aerial circus artist is. We talk about play. We talk about making sure that we're spending enough time for ourselves so that we can bring more joy and give more to our friends and family. It's a great episode. I know you're going to love it. Veggie lovers, thank you so much for coming back week after week after week. I appreciate you so much. Please feel free to reach out to me, yami at dryami.com, spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I.com. If you have ideas for other episodes or other guests that you'd like me to interview. Thank you so much. I hope you have a very plantastic week. And now on to my interview with this fabulous guest, Dr. Sunana Sohi. Dr. Sunana Sohi, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Well, it was such a pleasure meeting you on Clubhouse. I've met lots of cool peeps on there. And what I love about Clubhouse is you can really listen to how people talk and hear the passion in their voice. And so definitely I was attracted to you, but also you have a very interesting story. So I'd love to just launch straight into it. Tell us about your plant-based journey. How did you discover plant-based nutrition? And when were you inspired to give it a try? Well, it's a great question. So I became vegetarian probably about 20 years ago or so in medical school. And I became vegetarian for ethical reasons first, for animal compassion. And honestly, my whole life, if I thought about where my food came from, I had trouble eating it, right? So like many people, I just didn't think about it. And in my early 20s, I decided I couldn't stop thinking about it anymore. That didn't feel authentic to me. So at that point, I became vegetarian. And I was vegetarian for many, many years and only became 100% plant-based more recently. Um, as I realized that being vegetarian really wasn't 100% compatible with my animal compassion as well. And so basically I've been vegetarian and now 100% plant-based or vegan for the animals and for the environmental impact. And only after becoming 100% plant-based did I actually realize its health benefits on me, which is crazy to think about because I became vegetarian in medical school. And in medical school, we really, as you know, we really don't get a lot of training on nutrition. Um, and I'm a gastroenterologist, so I am what people would consider a gut health expert. And even in my GI fellowship, we maybe get a couple weeks of introduction to nutrition, but that nutrition is more about tube feeding and, and how to feed people with pancreatitis rather than actual nutrition for good health. So really what became as a journey for my for others, for the environment, for animals, actually became something that I realized was good for me, good for my own nutrition and health, because I had to discover that on my own afterwards. And once I realized it, I started shouting it to the rooftops. And as we met on Clubhouse, you know that I'm passionate in speaking about it. 
That's so cool. And I feel like that's the opposite of a lot of people I talk to, because a lot of people I talk to, they start with the health or something that happens to them that it inspires them to try it for themselves. And then they find the compassionate, environmental, ethical reasons. But you started with the ethical side and then you're like, oh, well, this is cool. It kind of helps with the health stuff too. Tell me a little bit more about GI training. And I've heard you talk about this in Clubhouse as well. Obviously, when you're a GI doctor, things can get pretty extreme. Like you have people that need to be on tube feeds. And so they're being fed in an atypical way. And so you need to learn about those kinds of things. But what is the overall feeling? Is there a gist in GI fellowship about how important baseline nutrition is, or is that talked about at all? Not much. And it may have changed now because I finished my fellowship over 10 years ago, but at, at the, when I was in training, not really, not really. I mean, we focus, as you know, in medicine in general, you focus on the disease process, you focus on knowing some of the causes and some of the preventable causes, and then you focus on medical treatment, mainstream, ma mainstream medical treatment. And mm -hmm. so really in terms of holistic health or, or nutrition to prevent disease, that's not really the focus in medicine in general, but definitely not in GI. And especially in my GI training, a lot of our training needed to be focused on learning how to do endoscopic procedures, learning how to do colonoscopies and upper scopes and how to diagnose disease and then um, prevent disease by removing polyps, let's say, to prevent colon cancer. So the focus was more on that than on, well, how do we eat for a healthful lifestyle? How do we mm -hmm. eat to prevent what are some of the you know dietary changes we can make to reduce the risk of colon cancer, for example? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because it's true as physicians, I really want you to be able to go in and remove a polyp. I have a polyp. I want you to be specialized in that area to treat my disease if it were to occur to me. However... I feel like people do expect physicians to also know the preventive side and to be knowledgeable about, well, how should I eat to prevent polyps in the first place? How should yes. I eat to prevent and this well, they should. that's been bothering me, you know? Absolutely. So. And well, they should. That is something that should be in our wheelhouse. And I think a lot of us do have it in our wheelhouse and are growing in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that you have learned about plant-based nutrition, tell me about the ways that you've been applying it to your profession. Well, I talk a lot with my patients about the gut microbiome. So that's something that I'm really passionate about and interested in. So for, for those that don't know, the gut microbiome is the trillions of bacterial, viral uh, cells that live, fungal too, that live in our, in our intestine, in our colon. We have more of those cells in our body than we do human cells. So we are predominantly made up of these other organisms. And we've known that. We've known that we live in a symbiotic relationship with them. We've known that they do things for us like produce vitamin B, vitamin K. They produce substrates called short-chain fatty acids that actually nourish our colon cells. So we've always known that these, these gut bacteria have been good for us, but we didn't really know how good they were for us outside of the digestive tract. Like it doesn't just stop there. They produce neurotransmitters. You know, dysbiosis or an imbalance in gut bacteria is associated with things like depression, anxiety, heart disease, inflammation. So really the health of the gut 
microbiome is what I like to focus on with my patients when we start talking about diet because the gut microbiome in order to be healthy, it needs to be diverse. And in order to have a diverse gut microbiome, you need to feed it plants. You need to feed it a diversity of plant fibers. So that's what we try to talk about. It's not so much, I mean, being 100% plant-based is what I stand for, but not everybody wants to do that. And I don't want to force everybody to do something they're not ready for, but everybody can increase the diversity and the amount of plants in their diet without necessarily depriving themselves of other things that they've come to enjoy. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of room, plenty of room for Americans to do that because currently one of the latest studies that came out showed that children 18 and under in the United States are deriving 70% of their calories from ultra-processed foods currently, 77-0%. And on average, United States, it's about 60%, like 58% for all humans in the United States are deriving about 60% of their calories from ultra-processed foods. So yeah, there's a lot of room there for growth and improvement. And I agree with you. We don't have to go 100% and it's not realistic to expect everybody to be able to do that because of personal preference or other reasons, but there's so much opportunity to add more whole plant foods. There's so much opportunity and I, I love that you are emphasizing this need for diversity. I think that's going to be one of the key words of you know these coming years is getting a diversity of plant foods in our diet and how we can do that in a way that is highlighting abundance rather than trying to see it as a restriction. I agree. What do you see as the biggest threat to GI health and wellness right now? I think, you know, since we're talking about nutrition, I think that's what I'm going to focus on in our conversation, just because I do think our standard American diet, as you said, is ultra processed. I mean, the two most predominantly eaten vegetables in our society are potatoes and tomatoes, but they're in the form of French fries and ketchup right? So our standard diet really is a big threat to our GI tract health. And again, just because we talked about the gut microbiome, um, the diversity of whole plants uh, really just is not there the way it could be. It's definitely a lot of people try for it. And I think we're moving in the right direction as we raise awareness. But I think that the, the busyness in our life, right? People think, well, I don't have the time to prepare a healthy, fresh meal every single day, or the, the concept that it's more expensive to eat fresh, healthy foods. So fast food, convenience food is cheaper. It saves me time. We're just going to do it. And the idea that that is food, because I often don't even think about those calories as really being food in the way that it nourishes your body, um, that, that, that idea needs to go. So I think that's the big challenge is just kind of resetting how we look at what we put in our body and making it easier for people to make healthful choices on a regular basis. Yes. And I think a lot of it is just habit too. And I think of back when I was younger and I used to watch television because I don't really watch TV anymore, but just remembering the advertising and how it can be very misleading because 
one of the things that's most commonly advertised on children's programming is cereal. And they'll say things like part of a balanced breakfast, you know, and so you get <laughs> my this kids idea, love okay, that, then, you know, it must be good for me if they're saying it's got whole grains and, you know, it's part of a balanced breakfast. I want balance in my life, you know, and it's I could so see great. busy moms that may not have the knowledge thinking, well, this is probably a good thing for my child. They like it. It's easy to buy. It's easy to prepare. So it, it can't be that bad, you know, but a lot of those cereals are ultra processed like you can't mm. even if you wanted to you couldn't even attempt to make it at home like things like and the sugar grains. content right yep that sugar content the in that them. are added to it so i love if you know we talked about the importance of fiber and the diversity of different plant fibers but are there other things that you'd like to comment on in ultra processed foods that could be damaging to our gut health well i mean there's a lot of additives right we i think the media is now starting to take note of a lot of the additives in food and the food coloring and things that are just bad for us in general. I heard a quote somewhere, which I loved, which was that, you know, real food doesn't need makeup, right? You don't need to have red 40 and, you know, green 30, whatever in your food. Real food is beautiful and vibrant just as it is and doesn't need that extra makeup. So I think there's the additives also are a problem. Yes. I recently, well, it wasn't too recent, but a couple of years ago discovered that for a lot of pickles, they actually put food dyes in there. So the ones that mm -hmm. are shelf stable in order for them to look, I guess, I don't know, more yellow, <laughs> they put yellow food dye in there. And like, does anybody really care what color their pickles are as long as they taste good? You know? And so it's one of those things that just made me realize, wow, it's just we have a habit of doing these things to food because we assume that it's going to make people like it better. But I feel like the pickles without the food coloring actually taste better to me and are more crunchy. So I don't know why they do that. So it's interesting. It's just in so many different things. Where do you find in your profession and gastroenterology that plant-based nutrition has the biggest impact? Is there a disease process or a type of patient that you've come across where applying the concepts, applying the principles of plant-based nutrition really has a big effect? I think there are several. So one in uh, my patients who have colon polyps or a family history of colon cancer, or even in some of my patients who have colon cancer themselves, and we're seeing colon cancer in younger and younger people. You know, we've dropped the screening rate to screening age to 45, but I just recently, a few weeks ago, diagnosed a 40-year-old with colon cancer. Mm -hmm. She had some symptoms and came in, and, and there it was. You know, I talk a lot about a plant-based diet there because, as we said, those gut bacteria produce short-chain fatty acids, one of which is called butyrate, and butyrate is protective for the colon cells. And there have been studies, you know, that look at a plant-based diet or a plant-forward diet in terms of reduction of colon cancer risk. And we do know that diets that are high in red meat, high in processed foods, are associated with a higher rate of not only colon cancer, but cancers in the whole body. So for sure, a whole foods plant-based diet is protective there. I also talk about plant-based diet in my patients who have what we call bacterial overgrowth. So um, there's a, a subset of patients with bloating and abdominal discomfort 
and diarrhea who end up having what we call bacterial overgrowth, where the, uh, the bacteria move into the small intestine and can kind of wreak havoc. And so we talk a lot about, well, how do you nourish your gut bacteria? How do you bring that balance out towards that diversity, towards the bacteria that are better for you that don't cause these symptoms? And again, a plant-based diet plant diversity is is really important for that. Um, there was a study looking at plant diversity, right? Because we're not talking about everybody being 100% plant-based. We're just talking about increasing diversity in plants and trying to increase plants in your diet. So that study looked at people who ate 10 or fewer different types of plant fiber per week and compared them to people who ate 30 or more different types of plant fiber per week. And they found that the people who had 30 or more different types of plant fiber per week had a more diverse and healthier gut microbiome. So that magic number is 30. And that 30 can be a game. It can be a game with your kids. It can be a game with your family, a game with yourself. 30 seems like a daunting number, but it's actually not as hard to achieve as you would think if you're thinking about including grains, beans, legumes, um, herbs, and spices into that 30. 30 can be achieved pretty quickly and not as, not as, it's not as difficult as it seems. Yeah, actually, I feel like I hit it very i can probably get 30 in a day usually you know, right because right, you too. add the different nuts and seeds different kinds of fruits different kinds of vegetables i mean and it's just delicious and i love it <laughs> so yes. it's really fun to try to do that i've counted that before and it's really fun well that's really interesting to hear that does it frustrate you and you know we talked about at the beginning how fellowship and obviously medical school residency, we don't get a ton of education on nutrition. I'm assuming that you have GI colleagues that probably don't know very much about plant-based nutrition or maybe don't think it's as important. Do you get frustrated about that? Do you encounter that a lot? I'd love to hear your experience in this area. Yeah, sure. So uh, I encounter it a lot. And no, I don't get frustrated. And the main reason I think I don't get frustrated is I feel like it would be hypocritical for me to get frustrated. I mean, I came across my plant-based journey um, not for health purposes. As I said, I didn't really know until I became 100% plant-based. And then I was vegetarian for many years, not for my health. So it really wasn't even on my radar until more recently. So I think it would be hypocritical of me to find that frustrating that my colleagues don't necessarily see the same way I do um, when we look at these issues. Um, I also feel like change is going to happen more if you lead by example and you lead without judgment. And the example I'll give is one of my nurses that I've known for a long time has been plant-based longer than me. I mean, I've been vegetarian for many, many years, but whenever we talk about you know, I'm doing procedures and we're talking, we're talking about things that we're cooking for our family. Never once did she express judgment that I was talking about, you know, using some dairy here, some eggs here. And so I felt safe, like talking with her as I was starting to approach more plant-based substitutes. And as we both now, you know, now that I'm 100% plant-based, other members of our endoscopy center are also becoming 100% plant-based. And it's really cool to see. And I don't think that that would have occurred had we had she and had I approached in a judgmental way like well this is wrong and I can't believe you're doing this I just don't think that that's how that's how change happens and mm -hmm. so um yes I encounter it but but no I don't find it frustrating and I just try to lead by example and lead my best life and hopefully people see my best life and think that looks pretty good you know and that they they're inspired to make some changes on their own 
And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. Hey humans, I know you want to eat healthier but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide their recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring and time is limited, especially if you want fresh home cooked healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutrigreens, and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend, along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients, such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The daily greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The daily Nutri-Greens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! 
When I tried the apple banana daily Nutrigreens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrate it into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now back to the episode. I love it. That's so beautiful and such a great way to think that also lowers your stress level as well. So absolutely, there's enough stress in this world already, right? There's enough (laughs) stress in this world already. Um, I thought of another question that comes up a lot. And I feel like because we've gone back and forth several times on this issue, I'd love to hear your perspective and what you're telling patients about this, but probiotics. So, and even in pediatrics, we were very pro probiotics to, you know, after giving antibiotics or even viral gastroenteritis, things like that. But now with latest studies, it shows like that's maybe not the best thing to do for the majority of patients. So what are your thoughts on who should be using probiotics and whether the general population would benefit from probiotics or not? Yeah, so that you're right, that's coming up a lot more lately, because we always thought about probiotics as being, you know, good bacteria for the gut right? So I'll just pop a probiotic and then eat whatever you want, right? And that that's definitely not the way to do it. There aren't a lot of great studies to support the use of probiotics in general. There are some specific studies for specific probiotics for specific things. But sometimes people will ask me, even friends will be like, do you think I need to take a probiotic? And I'm like, do you have any problems? And they say no. And I'm like, then probably not. You know, you don't necessarily need to have a probiotic for general health and wellness. If what we are doing is taking this probiotic because we want to increase the good bacteria in our gut, I got a better way to do that. And that's by eating a diversity of plant-based fibers, right? Those are your prebiotics. Those are the good bacteria or the the good stuff, the food for the good bacteria that's then going to grow on its own. If you're going to spend money on something, and we talked about how people can perceive a plant-based diet's really expensive, I'll tell you that I'd take that $30 a month that you're using on this probiotic and put it towards nourishing food that not only gives you the prebiotics that you need for your bacteria, but also all the phytonutrients and other good things for you. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I've been hearing uh, from 
a lot of the GI doctors and that some of the studies are showing that whenever we're purposely taking probiotics, that it's actually decreasing the diversity of microbes in our gut rather than increasing it like we think they are. So yeah, it's something to definitely consider and think about and focusing on eating those whole plant foods and also fermented foods, which is one way to get natural probiotics in there. Absolutely. And, and you know, that said, if, if I have someone telling me that they've been taking a probiotic for years and it works for them, I certainly don't tell them to stop. You know, what works for you, do it. It's Love pretty that. low risk. Okay, so I'd love to transition now to a fun topic, which is being an aerial circus artist. So tell me, first of all, what is an aerial circus artist? How did you become one? Tell me the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so, you know, we were talking about stress, right, earlier. And, you know, stress reduction is really important. And part of the way that I find stress reduction in my life is by being physically active and being playful. And so for me, being doing aerials is a big part of that. So what aerial arts are, it's a, it's a circus art, right? So it's where what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm climbing up either the silks, which are the ones that look like curtains, or an aerial rope. And um, inverting, going upside down, doing all sorts of poses. Basically, it's like a dance in the air. Um, and it is very physically rigorous. So I feel like I got a good, good workout afterwards. It's very good for the brain because we talk about fabric theory where you have to think about, well, where are you in the fabric at the time? And how do you unwrap yourself so you don't get tangled and stuck I don't know, hanging by your neck up in the air, right? So it's very good for my brain too. And, you know, studies have shown in terms of prevention of dementia that new physical activity is actually more important than doing crosswords and Sudoku. Like doing new physical activity and learning new skills is really important for brain development. So it checks all my boxes for, you know, physical activity, good for my brain, and also just fun. And in addition, it's time with my family because my whole family starts started doing this as well so the way it started my daughter when she was about six was invited to participate in a local circus that we have here where the kids do a static trapeze they just get on this trapeze it's very low to the ground and they do little poses and hold it to the music and it was amazing and as I walked as I watched her practice I saw some adults off on the side kind of doing some of these other things and I looked at them and I'm like wow these women are incredible they're strong they're all different body shapes and sizes and to me that's really important as well because being healthy and fit is not about looking a certain way it's really mm -hmm. about being strong in your own body and seeing what your body can do um, and so when she started taking classes there was an adult introductory class at the same time and I said you know I could sit here and just scroll on my phone while she does her class or I could get up there and learn myself so I started doing it and then as she and I did it my husband started picking up juggling my son started picking up ball walking where he walks on this big globe and so now we're a family of circus freaks but it's really fun new stuff good for our bodies and it's something that we can do together as a family so it's really fun wow that is so cool y'all could put on your own circus so have you performed for the public before yeah, so I I am with a circus, a local circus called Turner's Circus, and there's another circus that my daughter and I have performed with called Cirque Louis. So there's little, believe it or not, there's like circus communities everywhere. You just don't know about them, right? So yeah, I will, I do perform. 
Wow, that's so cool. Well, I'll have to say that for my 40th birthday, I had a girl's trip and we had like a whole weekend and my friend surprised me with doing one of those aerial things and it Yay. was so hard. I could I could barely like lift myself on the silks and I can imagine it takes a lot of practice, a lot of dedication. You really have to build your strength up. And I can't even imagine getting to the point where you actually have to think about visual spatially where you are, because that's definitely not one of my strengths. Like I, I cannot do geometry or organic chemistry was a nightmare for me. So <laughs> I just love, is that the opposite I love of that? that. Yeah, I but love it's so that cool. you did that. It's so great. And I, it builds up over time, right? It builds up over time. And I think honestly, when people think about being strong or being fit, Really, what you want to be able to do is manage your own body in the world, whether yes. in this case it's climbing or running or walking. Um, you know, there's a tendency for people to want to lift heavier and heavier weights and things like that. And I get that that's an endorphin rush too. But really, what I want to be able to do is have mobility in my body mm. to be able to move my body safely without pain and to be able to haul my butt up a silk, you know? <laughs> You're like, I just want to be able to haul my butt up a silk. <laughs> it's just like I need to be able to climb your want. own body, right? <laughs> it's not. I'm lifting body weight. I'm not lifting yes. like you know, forty pound weights or anything. No, but it's really, really hard. <laughs> it's really. I it just is. want everybody listening to know that it's not as easy as it as these performers make it look because so no. graceful and beautiful and you're just, you know, doing your spins and stuff, but it requires a lot of strength. So that's really cool. How often do you practice? Um, I practice a couple of times a week, you know, COVID has made everything more difficult. So I, mm -hmm. I there's a really great community at our gym and I've just peeled back from that because of being indoors. And so mm -hmm. I, um, I mainly practice outside when I can. That's so cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more about play. We've talked on the podcast about play before, but I think it's such an important concept. So how do you define play and how has it impacted your life? Uh, you know, I, I feel like play is anything that when you're doing it, you feel joyful and you have that flow where you're immersed in it. And so for me, I think I've always had that as part of who I am, even before I experienced this, the, the circus arts. Um, I, you know, even when I'm running or, you know, it's not about goals. It's more about being present and just like feeling like vibrant and alive and like a kid. So I feel like I've always, um, gravitated towards things that make me feel playful in my life and things that bring joy. And I, I, that really is good for youth. It's good for reducing stress. And I think it's just so important and it's something you know, you think about how many times kids laugh in a day and how many times do adults laugh in a day? And it's just, it's vastly different. And we, we, with all of our responsibilities and all of our busyness, we end up sometimes taking ourselves too seriously and just forgetting to take moments to really enjoy things. And I think that that's just, that's very important. So important. Did you ever encounter a time in your life where you like deliberately had to include play because you felt like you were getting too serious? You know, not in terms of discrete moments in my my life, but on a on a daily basis, I do feel part of the reason I do like the circus arts or going for a run um, is is because 
those are my moments where I can be present and release endorphins and, and play and be silly and laugh and like mess up and no one cares. Um, and so I do, I feel like I just need that on a regular basis in order to be my best self for my patients, uh, myself, my family. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. Yeah, I love it. I have found that as I've gotten older, I've had to be very deliberate about it because I'm an intense person. So I tend to get a little too serious and take life a little too seriously sometimes. But I notice when that's happening because I don't feel good. You know, I might be achieving all kinds of goals and getting a bunch of stuff done. You know how we adults, we want to mark off all our to-do list, yeah, but check, check, at the end check, of the day, check. you don't, you don't feel good. You feel stressed. You feel unhappy. You don't have that joy. So sometimes we have to be deliberate about, okay, what does bring me joy? What do I define as play? Because every person has a different way that they like to play. For me, I love drama. So I just happened upon a friend who invited me to do an improv class that she just happened to do. It's not her thing that she usually does. And I remembered because I had been in drama since I was in junior high. This was all on my own. Nobody encouraged me to do it. I wanted to do it. This comes from like the bottom of my soul that I love doing this stuff. And then I found that there was an improv little club here. And this weekend, I'm going to do a full day improv class with a, you know, learning some master lessons that I've never learned before. And that's so much fun. That's completely immersive. Cause when you do improv, you really have to be in the moment. You have to be like quick and start thinking. And I laugh so, so hard at some of the things that happen. And so I really had to be deliberate. So I think for some people, especially the intense, serious types like me, you have to 
sit down, make yourself a list. Be like, okay, what is play for me? What brings me joy? And how can I start to incorporate more of this into my life? So I'm glad that it's so natural for you. And you've always had that as part of your life because it probably does keep you more joyful and calm and centered. Well, I, you know, I, I will say I agree with you, especially as a working mother, very busy. You do have to force that time, although it, it naturally I want it. I sometimes have to still make it happen because if I yes. don't make it happen, then I feel a little bit depleted, right? You know, mm-hmm. you hear that you can't fill someone else's cup if your cup is not full and filling your own cup can be a lot of things for different people. But I think finding ways to create joy and play for yourself and be immersed is is really good for all of us. I love that you do that. That is so cool. Yeah, it's super, super fun. Well, maybe someday I might take up some aerial arts. Ooh. See if I get strong I love enough. that. I don't know that I could take up improv. <laughs> I know. It's definitely one of those things. Like, I love public speaking and I love performance, but I, I feel like it's a very small percentage of people that enjoy it and aren't super scared by it. But even sometimes for me, it scares me. Like there have been some games and assignments that we've done that I'm just like, oh, that makes me a little uncomfortable, but I see it as a fun challenge. Okay, let's see how I can do at this and how I can bring this character alive. But, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning. It's a beginning, beginning of the journey for me, but I'm excited to continue to explore it. But I definitely encourage everybody listening to think about that because just like you're saying, if we get depleted ourselves, it takes the joy away. And I feel like we're not able to give as much as we want to, to others. If we're just completely just giving everything we have to everybody else and all our duties and our children and our work, then over time that light gets dimmed. We have less and less to give. So it really is a way to refill our cup so that we can give more. And I like to put it that way because some people are so selfless that they're like, well, I don't need any time for myself. Well, if you want to give more to others, then you do need some time to yourself to do these things. So I'm glad that you, this is something that you're passionate about because it's so important, especially in this day and age, and especially with COVID and everything that's been going on, all the responsibilities that we have. What do you wish more people knew? About, about anything. life in general? <laughs> <laughs> the, the secrets of the universe. <laughs> the secrets of the universe. You know, I think... Um, I myself need to work on uh, taking things a little bit less seriously. You know, I know we talk about play, but like you, I am, you know, driven type A. And so I incorporate that intentionally. But I think we, you know, my husband talks a lot about space because he's a space nerd. And when he talks about space, I am reminded about how small we really are and not in a bad way but just in a way of like this one little thing that happened to me yesterday that's got me all worked up not really a big deal in the grand scheme of things so i think it's really important to step back and remind ourselves that really these things that we think are a big deal that cause us so much stress on a day-to-day basis being late here or whatever the little someone said something to you in the end those things really don't matter they really don't so perspective i I guess i gotta work on perspective i think that's good for everybody to work on yeah, and that's exactly the word that I was going to say, but you said it before I did, is, is perspective is so important. Recently, I live here on the West Coast, so I live in Washington State, 
and we have fires every summer. <laughs> it's been really hard because recently I've been so negative because we have a fire that's very, very close to us now. And so it's been weeks now of smoke and sometimes you just want to think about just yourself and everything that's happening to you. But really, if you widen your lens and kind of zoom out and see really in the grand scheme of things, things aren't that bad. I have shelter, I have food, I have a warm place, comfortable place to sleep at night, and this will pass. So I think it is important every once in a while to realize that even though these little thing, our little life, our little bubble seems like it's everything. It's actually not. And whenever we zoom out, it can bring us relief. It can bring us comfort. And sometimes even that gratitude that helps bring us that peace and joy that's really important in life. Well, I'd love to know what personal habit you're most proud of and why. I think that I like to continue to grow. I like to continue to learn things. You know, I told you I picked up this circus arts recently and I'm doing other things and I picked up the ukulele, you know, like I, and I'm not going to sing for you today, <laughs> but I, oh, I, come think, on. I think, um, the, the desire to constantly learn, the desire to constantly grow is something that I think I'm really proud of because I don't, one, I'm constantly growing in my career field. I'm constantly learning and trying to bring new things to my patients. I'm trying to grow constantly as a parent, you know, not always parenting the way I always have, you know, trying to learn and do different things and be the best, you know, parent that I can be. Um, and, you know, just growing in life, right? Like trying to learn as much as I can, learn new things, do new things, you know, having a big bucket list, you know, I think that that also keeps life exciting and keeps keeps you creating new goals for yourself or new things to look forward to. So I really like that I constantly have things that I want to learn and want to learn how to do. That's beautiful. And that's such a great perspective because the truth is about life is that life is dynamic. And when you said parenting, I think that's the best example because totally. we start out with these little babies and everything it seems so difficult at the beginning and then it changes and there's a whole new set of challenges and then it changes again. And it's a different set of challenges and some things are easier and some things are harder and you're constantly being challenged. You're constantly growing and you're learning, trying new things as a parent. But if you, if you try to approach it from this perfectionistic standpoint of I'm just going to be the perfect parent, it's not going to feel good. It's more of that growth mindset of, okay, this way didn't work. Let's try this way. And now that your child is older and they can do this, how about we incorporate that? And it's really fun whenever you approach it that way from that growth mindset. So it's beautiful that that is your, you know, one of your characteristics that you really value because it's so important in life. Well, Dr. Sohi, this has been fabulous. It's been great to get to know you and learn more about your journey, your career, and your aerial circus art. So fun. I know my listeners would love to connect with you and learn more about you. So tell us where we can find you. Um, I'm on Instagram at sunanasohi.md and also on Clubhouse at the same, sunanasohi.md. And I'm on there usually talking or posting about uh, different plant-based tips, GI tips, and then some circus stuff too, because that's what nice. brings me joy and I want to share it. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do. I loved getting to know you and I'm so glad that I found you on Clubhouse. So thank you for everything. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. <laughs> thank you. You too. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.